the scripture, which is found on page 862 in your pew Bibles, Psalm 23. Hear the word of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. And you may be seated. So, Psalm 23. Is there anybody in here who's never heard Psalm 23? That's what I thought. Even if you haven't, I'm sure you've heard parts of it. You've probably heard of it. More than likely, you've heard it many times. And it's one of those things that as you hear it over and over and over again, sometimes it starts to lose its meaning. Sometimes it just becomes, oh, I can quote that word for word. And you kind of just fall into that saying it without thinking what's really being said. So I want to take a moment today and just kind of discuss what David is talking about verse by verse in Psalm 23. But first I want to say that this particular psalm is, it's a love poem. A love poem that shows the love of God for all of us. And though it was written thousands of years ago, it is still very important to all of us today. So the Lord is my shepherd. I, sh- I will not be in need. He doesn't need anything because of the shepherd. Now, David was a shepherd. So David understood what it meant to be a shepherd. We, I'm sure there are shepherds in America today. We call them farmers, or maybe we call them shepherds, and I just don't know. But the thing about a shepherd is that it was a tough job back then because sheep are not very smart. They go astray a lot. In fact, we've talked about this a few weeks ago with the parable of the lost sheep. And they're not real intelligent creatures and they get themselves into sticky situations. Plus, they're out in this open field. There weren't any fences back then. If you go out towards like Colorado, Kansas, it's pretty amazing because they have open range for their, their um, livestock and you can actually see cows on the road all the time. They don't have fences like we do here in Ohio. But because they didn't have fences, not only could the sheep just wander off aimlessly, but people could come and steal, or wolves could come in and attack, or other predators. So to say the Lord is my shepherd, he's saying God is the one leading me. He's guiding me. Because I'm going astray. Because I need him. It's acknowledging that God is greater than we are and that we need him to guide us. And as a result, he gives us all of our needs. All that we need, God provides. 
He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now, to us in 2023, we might have a hard time really understanding what is being said here. But what he's saying is, he's giving me rest. He's giving me rest. I don't need to worry about things. I can just rest in him. Now, rest, when we say rest, first thing I think of is take a nap, right? But it's more than sleeping. It is not having that, those thoughts racing through your mind. It's not having those concerns day after day and that anxiety that comes as a result. It is knowing that God is providing so I don't need to worry about those things. I can just relax my mind because God's got it all under control. The, still, the quiet waters, you know, a, a river can be a very dangerous thing. I wouldn't recommend that anybody go out and try to swim in the Ohio River right now. Not only for the, the chemicals that are probably in it, but just because of the current. You know, you jump in the river in Belair, next thing you know, a few seconds later, you're in Shadyside, and an hour later, you might be down past Marietta. It's that quick. So it can be a dangerous thing. But to say that he, he leads me beside quiet waters, again, is, is a symbol, uh, is symbolizing that rest that we have, that we need, that we desire, that quiets our mind, that says, I've got this. You just take it easy. No, don't think about it. No, don't think about it. Because you know how we are. Okay, God, I'm going to give it to you. And then you start thinking, okay, God, I'm going to give it to you. And we start thinking about it again. God's saying, don't think about it. I've got this. Let me handle this. Then he goes on to say he restores my soul. Spiritual aspect. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Now, a lot of people interpret this as doing good works for the name of God. And and that's probably what David's trying to say here. But isn't it interesting how he says, first of all, he makes me rest, and now I'm going about and doing good things in righteousness for the name of God. Typically, what we think of as we work and then we rest. We work all week and we rest on the weekend. That's how we see things. He sees it as God's given me rest, and after I rest, then I can work. And if you think about this, if we go back to the creation, when did man come on the earth? On the sixth day. God did all that work in the beginning for six days. Then towards the end of the sixth day, he makes humans, and then he rests. And then they start populating the earth and doing what they do. So God gives us rest so that we can go out and work. So if we try to think about this, today is the first day of the week. Now, for years, I always thought of Sunday as the last day of the week, but it's actually the first day of the week. And we know that because in the Bible, it says that early on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb and found it empty. Early on the first day of the week, on Sunday. So if we think about this as the first day of the week, and we take this day to rest and not worry about anything, that prepares us for the work throughout the week, and then we come to Saturday again when we can rest 
and we can rest on Sunday as well, and then we start the whole cycle over again. But God always starts with rest. And then we get to the part that nobody likes to talk about. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So now we're switching into, okay, God, let us rest. We're doing some work. Oh, here come the troubles. We all have trials and troubles in our life. We all do. None of us are immune from it. I know some of the troubles that some of you have had in your life because you've told me. I'm not going to list them all. But we all know that every single one of us finds ourselves walking through this valley, right? Maybe pipes explode in your home, or you got termites in your home, or all kinds of things that can happen. It can be with your car. It can be something physical. It can be health. It can be financial. It can be a relationship. We all go through. Now, Some of you are going through something right now. Some of you have already come out of it, and some of you don't know what tomorrow brings. But you know what? We've all had those days where we went through it. We had moments of going through it. It ended. It became our past, and we didn't know what the next day brought. But then we found out. We've all been through that. And you know what? Unless you're going through something right now, you got through it, didn't you? You got through it. No matter how terrible it was, you got through it. You know why? Because, he says, you are with me. You are with me. And then he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Rod and your staff. Rod is is for correction. Staff is for protection. The Old Testament. Many of us still have an Old Testament mindset. God doesn't love me because of what I've done. That's Old Testament. What we should be saying is God loves me because of who he is. That's New Testament. That's the staff, the protection, the guiding. So both of them, yes, show us that we were our sinners. That's what the law was for, the rod. The staff is I have redeemed you. I have brought you out of the pit that you fell into. I have brought your life back. And both should bring us comfort. Comfort in knowing that we can find out who we are and comfort in knowing that God has redeemed us from it. And comfort in knowing that as we go through these trials, he is with us every step of the way. Every step of the way. I like this one. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. To say to our enemies, look, God's got this. And he is doing this for me. Not to say, "Eh, eh," you know, look what you, you're my enemy and you're getting destroyed. No, that's not what it is. It's in the presence of your enemies, the ones that are coming against you, They can't come against you because I have prepared this table before you, says the Lord. And I have put you at this table and they cannot come near you. Yes, it looks like they're trying to destroy you. And if they could, they would. 
But he has prepared this and no one can come against us. It's saying the power of God is in our presence. And not only that, he has anointed our head with oil, which back then, if your head was anointed with oil, it, it was hot in the Middle East. You know, the oil would cool you off. It would give you a, a sense of calm. And there's, um, I can't think of the name of it now, um, escape reflex, I think is what it's called. I think it's called the escape reflex. If you have anxiety, if you take cold water and splash it in your face or just dip your head in cold water or even take a wet, cold washcloth and wipe it on your face, your body will instantly change, physically change. It's scientifically proven that it will change in that moment. And it, it calms anxiety quickly, immediately. So that head running over the, or oil running over the head was similar to that sort of thing. It, it induced this escape reflex that calmed you from anxiety immediately. My cup overflows. That's pretty easy. I got more than I need. More than I need because I'm in the presence of God. And then verse 6, certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. Heaven. Forever. Yeah, hard to think about when we've spent however many years you've been alive on this earth, wondering what heaven's like, not knowing at all other than what we can read, but to say that we will dwell with him forever. You know, we think 20 years ago I did this, 30 years ago I did this, and here we're talking about 20 years and 30 years would be like a, a fraction of a second compared to eternity. A fraction of a second compared to eternity. It's hard for us to comprehend. But there's more to this than what we read here. First, there are six verses in Psalm 23. Six verses. And six is the number for humans. God created us on the sixth day. There, anytime you see the number six, it's something to do with humankind. So this definitely is for us. Psalm 23 was for us. Now, the guy who put chapter verse together, he didn't say, oh, I'm going to make this exactly six verses. God worked through that man to make it six verses, break it out so that it was six verses. God knew what he was doing. Okay. But I want to point out something really unique about this Psalm. I don't know if you caught on to it, if you've ever caught on to it. Starts out, he, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He. If I had a group of people here, and I'm talking to somebody, and I say, he did whatever, and I point to someone across the room, that's kind of like a distance, right? It's, it's not real intimate. I mean, yeah, I'm aware of who he is, but it's kind of at a distance, Okay? And then it goes into I, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now it's individual. Now it's about me. Now it's I. There's he, now there's I. And then he goes on to say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You. So no longer is it a he, he's here in front of me. It's you. I'm talking to you. 
right there, very intimate. So it goes from distant to me to right here together. And all of this, as it comes together, is showing us God's love. Though he may seem distant to us, he is right here with us. Though he may seem like he doesn't care about us, he's giving us rest. Though it may seem like everybody's coming against us, he prepares, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And they can't come against me. And though I go through a bunch of trials, you are with me. You are with me. You look around, I I don't see God, do you? No, but he's here. He's right here, inside of us, dwelling in us, because he loves us. To understand love, we only need to look towards God. But sometimes that's hard because we don't see him. And we wonder, and we doubt, and we question, especially when it feels like things are really falling apart. But look to Psalm 23. Because though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, those are those things that say, like, it doesn't seem like it's real because I'm just going through a lot right now. You are with me and preparing a feast for me. A feast. Everything you need. Your cup's overflowing. More than you can ever need. Well, it doesn't seem like it when you're walking through that valley, right? But what comes after the valley is the feast. And you do walk through it. You don't stay there. You walk through it because he 